Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be discussing one of, if not the, greatest video games of all time. We're going to be talking about Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Shout out to Alexandria Waltz um, from thegamer.com. The list that we have for you today is the 10 most memorable moments from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Some video games never get old no matter how many times you beat them, and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time certainly falls into that category. After recently being uh, inducted into the Video Game Hall of Fame, Ocarina of Time is making its mark on the gaming community decades after its initial release, and it isn't hard to see why. There are plenty, I'm sorry, there are probably hundreds of moments in Ocarina of Time that make the game special, but only a few really stand out as ones no player will ever forget. Some are funny, some are surprisingly, surprisingly poignant, and others are just downright bizarre. Ultimately, though, these memorable moments all come together to make The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time a true gaming masterpiece. Before we get into the list, how do you guys feel about Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? One of the greatest games ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's for me top 2. Top 2 greatest yeah, I mean, video it games had... of all time. Yeah. It's definitely the greatest N64 game of all time. Whoa, no, hey, hey. No. Can't lie like that. No, two to one, you're outvoted. Um, <laughs> but well, we're on, while you... we're on the subject, Roger, what's the greatest <laughs> N64 game of all time. The greatest N64 game of all time is obviously 007. That that that's number that, that's number that's number three for me. Wow. All right. All right. We're this is over. We're done wow. for now. <laughs> wow. Number three. I, I, number three. I, here's the thing. I'm just. I, I'm I biased say, toward wrestling games. I'm sorry. I like. I like No Mercy. I'm sorry. Now, yeah. GoldenEye is more fun to play with multiple people. That's true. You know, until you get stuck in the air vent, and then you're pissed because somebody won't let you out of the bathroom. Who told you to do that? Yeah. You don't get to choose where you spawn. I Who mean, hurts you? You, do if you don't play second player. that's true okay so i will say the legend of zelda ocarina of time is the greatest single player in 64 game but i'm gonna go with roger and say 007 is it's the greatest multiplayer like the the single player story was good but it wasn't as good as getting on there with four people and talking about don't be looking at my screen you better not be looking at my screen let me catch you looking at my screen (laughs) right I only listen. The only the only reason why I put in why I put No Mercy over 007 is just because you know it's just my wrestling bias, I guess. Because I did enjoy. It. I played I played a shit ton of No Mercy, but I also played a shit ton of Goldeneye too. I mean, hell, you guys are like like almost like you're ready to fight over just because I said No Mercy over. It ain't yeah. like I, it ain't like yeah. I said fucking Bust a Move '99 was better. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, you said a thing and it wasn't the correct one, so it's okay. Well, you know, opinions vary. 
But thinking about opinions, one can be right, one can be wrong. Yeah. You're outvoted two to one, so you're wrong. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> End that shit quick. Now, let's move on. <laughs> so, obviously, all bullshit aside, yes. All right. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest games of all time. Whether you want to put it one, two, three, doesn't fucking matter. It is one of, it is one of the greatest games of all time. So... Let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and let's kick this list off. Which one do you guys want to kick it off tonight? Uh, I will. I will. Oh. We usually make Roger start it. I got it. <laughs> I, I got you, Roger. I got you. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, first up, we're going to talk about bidding the great Deku tree farewell. Uh, mm. So when Link enters the great Deku tree, his destiny is unclear. By taking players on a journey through ancient Hyrule history, the Great Deku Tree sets the stage for the game's primary goal, rescuing Princess Zelda and obtaining the sacred Triforce from Ganondorf. <clears throat> as the tree story winds down, so does the pace of dialogue as Link watches as his father figure literally withers away in front of him. This initial loss sets a somber tone for the rest of the game and reveals the hidden darkness within Link's journey to the light. Navi's final goodbye, Great Deku Tree, highlights the sacrifice any real hero must make to ultimately achieve good. So, hold on. Before we actually get into the list, we didn't really talk about our experiences with the game. We we sort of went off tangent there, but... No, you I mean, went we all, off tangent. <laughs> uh, you said third, so <laughs> on GoldenEye, so that's why I had to go off talking. But um, no, uh, no, I mean, I actually had the game on 64, then I got the remastered edition on GameCube when they came out with that five-pack, which was amazing. Yes. Um, um, they re-released it again on the 3ds or the ds or the 3ds i think it was a 3ds um it was actually the easier 3DS. yeah but it was a little bit easier but like i don't know this the great thing about the 3d zelda games is the story and the emotional development of everybody yeah uh i mean the the, the story of you being technically a child casted into a world where you literally said, hey, go save this princess you always seen your dreams against this fucking dark wizard dude on a horse. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. a fairy who's annoying as shit. And that's it. Doesn't, hey. doesn't sound like never-ending story at all. <laughs> Yo, you trying you try to disrespect the game again? No. Bro. <laughs> I actually don't remember the story. Every comment? Fuck, I, man. I don't even actually remember what Never the story it was actually to be honest. I forgot what the story uh, to it was. It, it was more it was more crawl than never in the story to be honest. It, I was just I just can't really remember what it was. It, it, never ending story is kind of similar to uh Legend of Zelda in a way. Um but I, I would say the the movie Legend with Tom Cruise is even more similar to Legend of Zelda because he's got the stupid fucking fairy too. I, I thought that one was a direct rip of Zelda. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's my favorite uh Tom Cruise movie. Oh, I can't say that now. It's also uh, the first movie I ever remember uh, Tim Curry being in. Didn't that movie come out like the early 2000s? Oh, God, no. No, that's I Am Legend is what you're thinking of. No, that's the Will Smith movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about the no. animated one with Will, no, it's, with uh, it's, Tom Cruise. It, it's not animated. Yeah. Is it just came out in like the the mid to late 80s. There, now, there is a movie called Legend from 2015. It's a crime drama um, that has Tom Hardy, Emily Browning. Uh, no, I, I remember this movie. Oh, it wasn't animated. I thought it was animated because it has the weird devil-looking dude. Yeah, that's, that's Legend. Curry. Yeah. Yeah, it's not animated, bro. I thought it was for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-mm. I remember watching it. I just thought it was animated. I don't know. Legend, much. Tom Cruise legend was 1985. Yeah, and it was made by, well, directed by Ridley Scott. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, for some reason, I thought it was an animated movie. Don't remember why. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very eerily similar to Legend of Zelda. <laughs> right. So. But um, yeah, but so back to the great Deku tree. Um, when this moment happens in the game, how how are you feeling? I mean, technically, at this point, you really haven't developed a relationship with the great Deku tree. You just know it's the protector of the land, so you're kind of like, okay, what what's going on here? And then you're like, oh, you have to go and do this journey. Yeah, and you're like, okay, well, let's get this action started. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, you it gotta does. Follow Navi. Yep, you gotta follow Navi. Hey, <laughs> hey! <laughs> I like how we both thought of that at the same time. <laughs> Listen, here, yo, Roy. Wow! Like, shut up, Navi. Just <laughs> fucking die already. <laughs> I think we all felt that way. (laughs) I I will say that Navi is not as annoying on the 3DS version. No, they they definitely changed their. They're like, oh yeah, this is uh, it's not what we needed. No, not at all. But no, um, but it it does it does give the game a bit of a a somber tone, like what the what the article just described, um. And even when Navi's like, you know, goodbye, great Deku tree, and you feel that sense of sadness within her, you know? And well, I, th- I think the good thing that three, the 3D Zelda games did, the be- these beginnings, that they actually started going into dark aspects of life. Right. I mean, yeah. technically the 2D ones sort of did, but not really. There wasn't true development. I mean, you just went through castles. You pretty much did the Mario. You went through castles to find the princess. Right. But this one, it, like, it, but it didn't start really getting dark. Like it, it got dark subtly with Link to the Past, but it didn't really like get like. I don't think it went full fledged dark until you get to like Majora's Mask. But this was almost like a. It was, it was a step right before it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now Majora's Mask definitely goes. It goes full into. I mean, whew, 
with George Madden. That's why I love that game so much. It goes so far into, I mean, it goes to do loss of family, loss of love, loss of just your own insan- your own mentality, your sanity, and your homeland, everything. Like, there's just so much in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's such yeah. a good game, too. Yeah. I'm currently playing it on the Switch. It's my favorite Zelda game. So uh, not mine. I get- it's not mine, but it's not a bad one. There are some bad Zelda games, but yeah, the CDI that, ones. They're not even Zelda games. They are. <laughs> they say Legend of Zelda. No way. Yeah, they might say it on there, but <clears throat> when the creator of the Legend of Zelda says these fucking games ain't part of our series, <laughs> <laughs> you got to know about them. <laughs> I had them. They were so fucking awful. God, I hated them bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, to to be Wait, honest, guys, I have not. Huh? I was going to say, do you guys ever watch the the show, the animated show back in the day from it? Yes. Mm-mm. I, I never I never did. Those, the CDI games are pretty much that. Okay. And they were that fucking horrible. Yeah, that, that show wasn't good. No. Oh. Nah, I just I've been uh, waiting on. I've been waiting for years on them to. Uh, they'll never do it for us. Do a good one. There's there is good fan made ones though. All right, right. I seen a fan made trailer for. Uh, Link Ocarina of Yeah, it was a fan made trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I think it was either Nerdist or IGN did that as their. It was. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was Nerdist. It was. So it as was. I say, it was their. It was their April Fool's prank and got everybody. Hey, I never wanted to fight a whole production company ever in my life until that moment. I know. Yeah. It, yeah. If, Beautiful if cinematic and everything. Yeah. If I could have made the trip, I, I'd have duffed the whole production company. Man, woman, child, and animal. All was that wait Nerdist? Yeah. Is that Chris Hardwick's podcast? I mean, he's part of it. Right. Or was. Yeah, he's not part of it anymore. anymore. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because that's how I mean that. Because first time I remember seeing him was in House of a Thousand Corpses when uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, you know, scalped him. But you know, but but like I said, I mean, we 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 talking about the Zelda games and stuff. I have yet to play Breath of the Wild, so I don't, I I can't rate that one yet. Um, you're missing out on a good one. Yeah. Especially since the second one's about to come out, I think in a year or two. I think it's next year. Yeah, it's either next year or the year after. But I mean, so is it going to be called Breath of the Wild Two, or is it going to give it a completely different title? title. It's just a continuation. Oh, that's the that's the holding title, but we're not sure if it's going to get a subtitle or not. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, they've never repeated. Well, I mean, Legend of Zelda One and Two, but other than that, I don't think they've ever. Well, Seasons did, but Seasons was just it doesn't count. It was a handheld one. But yeah, I mean. All right, uh, uh, let's go ahead and move on from the Deku tree. I'll go ahead and take the next one. Okay. Uh, so number nine on the list is encountering your first redead, which that that shriek always gets me. Oh. Um, so there is plenty of nightmare-inducing imagery in Ocarina of Time, but the first time a redead shows up when entering the royal family's tomb and Kakariko Village's uh, graveyard is without a doubt the most horrifying. The zombie-like creatures may be the most frightening monster in any Legend of Zelda project today. Nah, man. You you don't tell me that one-eyeball spider ain't gonna get you? Come on. See, I, I will like always remember anyway. a moon with a fucked-up face. What, Chip? 
I said, and I don't like spiders anyway. Mm-mm. Yeah, that fucking what was it, Goromu? Is that his name? Goromu, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, the, the moon was a phase. He wasn't really a terrifying monster. It was just, it was just weird. It was just like, creepy as fuck. It was creepy as fuck. <laughs> but a lot of the imagery in Majora's Mask is creepy because it's, it's a dark, it's a whole dark setting. Like everything is really creepy. Um, so as Leak attempts to creep around, uh. Three dead. The game's controls slow to a crawl as the tall undead monster slowly moves towards him. Uh, straddling young Link, the re-dead drained heart energy while emitting a blood-curling scream. As the game progresses, these enemies become easier to beat, but as with many things, you never forget your first encounter was a living dead. Uh, no, and especially when they latch onto you and they slow you down to where more can latch onto you? Fuck. Yeah. I mean... It, it, I mean, re-dead, undead, fucking zombies, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it was, you know, in, in the in the picture that they used, the graphic that they used with the you know, with the green mist coming out of the pools, and yeah, like, ugh. and and, the, and the, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm saying, and the creatures, it looked very slender man type, you know, very tall, lanky arms, not as white in the face, you know, but they, you know, once they latch onto you, and it's like shit and you know they they were more there were more difficult like what we said they get easier to beat later on the game but you know if especially if you don't know what to do in the beginning especially when you first started playing it you're like okay one's on me what the fuck wait there's another one oh shit here comes a third oh mother fuck and then gotta start back from where you are like yeah so sometimes it gets frustrating sometimes especially when you do it for the first time um but then it gets it gets easier as you go so but yeah, yeah, but it is it is a bitch when one slows you down to a damn near stop. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, fucking it's miserable. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Unless Chip, you wanted to comment? Fuck them redead. <laughs> they, get easier, they, <clears throat> they get easier as you like it's not really an RPG. So you don't really level up, but as you get better equipment and stuff, they get easier. But when you're first starting out and you got a wooden sword and a wooden shield, they... yeah, it fucks you. Right. Yeah. It does so bad. All right. So let's move on to the next one. King Zora moving and moving and moving. This dude was annoying. Bweep, bweep, bweep. The sound of King Zor slowly scooting over on his throne to allow Child Link room to access his third dungeon in the Juba Juba's belly is an unforgettable moment in Ocarina of Time, mostly because it is so unnecessary and therefore hilarious. In other versions, this game scene could easily have been omitted or at the very least shortened considerably, but Where's the fun in that? Instead, Link gets a full, very awkward moment of an oversized fish slowly wiggling his way to the right. It's silly, it's weird, and it's just aggravating Annoying. enough to offer the perfect <laughs> amount of comic relief in the otherwise increasingly dark storyline. Can I be honest with you guys? Yeah. This part was just as creepy, if not more creepy, than the fucking storyline itself. I mean, it was, from the standpoint, that it was just, it was unnecessarily weird. 
Like, what was the point of this part? You know, it's like be annoying to be. I mean, here's the thing: like, if I'm playing a, a game with, that has like serious subject matter, dark subject matter, I'm not saying you can't have comedic humor or whatever. Like, if there's a shootout and somebody says something, you know, funny or whatever in the heat of the moment, where it's like sarcastic or something, it's like huh, that was funny, you know. But as us watching it, it's like okay, yeah, it was funny. But there's a difference between being funny and being annoying. Yep, kind of sure like me. Annoying. It was sure was annoying, though. No, I, I think it was just to. I mean, we still got to remember it's still a kids' game, so it's got to be that childish humor sometimes here and there. Um, and that's what exactly what this was. Unfortunately, it was just slapstick. Ha ha! The big fish is slow and dumb. <laughs> That's all I can yeah. really think about why it would be what it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess maybe I look at it differently now as an adult compared to when I was a kid, I guess. I don't know. It, it's just, it, it was annoying, though. It's like, come on, get your ass out of the way, fatty. Yeah. <laughs> fatty McFatterson. Oh. Are, are you body yeah. shaming the, the imaginary fish, yes. Body shaming an imaginary fish. <laughs> the imaginary fish. Bleep boop, bleep boop. Squirt, 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 squirt. Fucking asshole. <laughs> he was always in the damn way. They always. Well, I mean, always. not even not even this game. If you go back to like uh, Link to the Past, he was in the damn way. So, I I know he's in that one. I just forgot he was like I Link to the Past. Probably the one I played the least of, to be honest. I played that game uh, more than I would like to admit. When I first got my Nintendo, <laughs> right? Super Nintendo. Yeah, when I first got my Super Nintendo, I was like, um, right, man. I'm trying to remember which one I was played. I played the other ones. Uh, what was the other one on Super Nintendo? Was it Oracle and Aegis? Uh, no. Nope. Uh, this this was the only Super Nintendo one. Or uh, Link to the Past really? was the only one on Super Nintendo. Yep. O- Oracle of Seasons and seem... Oracle of Ages was uh, Game Boy. That's on 64. Oh, Game Boy. I feel like I played another one on the... Well, in or in chrono in order of release, it was Legend of Zelda in 1986. Then it was the Adventures of the Adventure of Link in uh, 19, 1987. 1991 was A Link to the Past, and then 1993 was the Game Boy game Link's Awakening. And then it was Ocarina of Time in 98. Mm-hmm. And then Link's Awakening DX was released in 98, and then Majora's Mask came out in 2000. Man, you can get Link to the Past for 30 bucks right now for the Super Nintendo. Or I can just I, get it for free on uh, the, <laughs> the Switch. Or I, no, I, I still want to play on the Super Nintendo. I was say, or I can just hook up my Super Nintendo. Yeah. I also have mine is messed up. Mini. I need to get one. I, mine's just messed up. I need to get one because there are some games. I want to play Killer Instinct again. Uh yeah, I have the the NES the classic and or the, the new SNES one. Mini. The classic. Because I got the new one 
on uh I got a new one downloaded. I mean you got the twenty thirteen one from Xbox One. Yeah. Right. It's on the but uh, I can, Game but, Pass. Yeah. But Game Pass also has the original two as well. So you know. Yeah. It came with uh Yeah, it came with Game that, Pass, yeah. No, it came with that Killer Instinct when it came out. Well, that being said, let's move on to the very next uh, entry on the list. Go ahead, Chip. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Battling Dark or is it... Link. No, it yeah, is Chip. Yeah, it's Chip. It's Chip. Yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about Battling Dark Link. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. With its seemingly en- endless array of head-scratching puzzles and confusing rooms, the Water Temple is the most difficult dungeon you'll encounter. However, along with Facts. the sense of... Yes. Uh, oh yeah. How, however, along with the sense of satisfaction you'll feel after beating the temple, this dungeon also has another redeeming moment: the epic fight against Dark Link. This mini boss battle stands out from the rest of Link's villainous encounters due to its unique setting and level of difficulty. Faced with a shadow version of himself, Link must figure out a way to defeat this opponent that can do things he can't between the striking striking imagery of the fighting chamber shimmering horizon and the challenge of landing a hit on dark link this battle is definitely one of the more disorienting moments in ocarina of time i cannot tell you how many times i fucking rage quit to this it's gonna be patient (laughs) young one patience (laughs) I was 12 years old. I didn't have any patience. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this this was this was one of the parts of the game that just just it it angered me to no end while I was just like, fuck this game. You know, we'll go back to playing, you know, something else or whatever. But yeah, I mean it was one of those was like, oh God, it just it just pisses you off. How'd you guys feel about this part? I mean um, was- I mean go ahead, go ahead. I used to say it was frustrating, but I I don't vividly remember rage quitting. No, I don't either, because I figured it out after like the fourth strike attempt that he's just literally you, and then you have to wait for him to do his attack and parry. Right. But no, I, I mean I can I can see it because it's definitely frustrating the first first time you're trying and you're like, "Fuck this dude! Why is he why is he better than me? He's supposed to be me. I'm supposed to be better than him." But it's a good um, metaphor. Is not the word I'm looking for. What is what I'm looking for? Uh, well, describe what you mean, and I can probably tell you the word. Well, the, the obviously the meaning of fighting yourself within yourself. Um, mm, yeah, I know what you're talking not, about. There's a it's thing. Not allegory. Is it allegory? But the, the 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 fact that you're you're going against your uh, the, the evil version of yourself and you have to defeat the evil within yourself to continue on, uh, but I forget what the fucking word is. There's an actual literary definition for it. And I forget that that what it is. that's that's what I'm looking up right now. That's what I'm trying to look up right now. Uh, let's see who. Fight the evil inside you. Exorcism. (laughs) 
Uh... Yeah, I'm lost. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, that's all I was saying. I just can't remember what it's called. Exorcism? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you really looked that up. <laughs> no. Shit. It's some self... No, self, self-deprecation is when you're feeling sorry for yourself. That's uh, when you shit on yourself. No, that's self-defecation. I said deprecation. Yeah, it's pretty much the same when you shit on yourself. No, that's defecation. You got the education. How the fuck do I know more? Oh, never, never mind. <laughs> Let's move on. Self-deprecation <laughs> is when you put yourself down. So, literally, like I said, you shit on yourself. Okay, thank you for making me feel stupid. Let's move on. What? No. Because <laughs> it's a double entendre. Shitting on yourself. Not really shitting on yourself, but shitting on yourself as in you dumping. Oh, whatever. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, so next on the list. Uh, might be the, the second saddest moment of the game, in my opinion. Um, number six is leaving the Kokiri forest and Saria behind. Mm. Especially that, that when you walk away and it just does that little somber note playing and it's up, it's the upper view of it. So, um, you never forget the feeling of leaving home for the first time, which is why this scene in Ocarina of Time is so memorable. As Link starts walking over the bridge that separates the Kokiri forest, the only world he's ever known from the rest of Hyrule, he is stopped by a familiar voice. Oh, you're leaving, utters Saria. His never-aging, green-haired best friend from the forest. This final conversation between the pair is not only an important milestone for the game's storyline, but also strikes an emotional nerve. Saria's gift of the fairy ocarina sets the stage for Link's use of music throughout the rest of his journey and symbolizes Saria's devotion to her friend. Oh, we're not really going to talk about that when he finally walks away and it's overhead and it's looking down and like, it just plays the tone, and you don't even look back at her. You just keep going. It's like, come on. Sometimes goodbye is a second chance. <laughs> on this one. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this yeah. was a, a, a really sad moment. Yeah, it, it was very sad. Very sad. Um... But I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, you're leaving to go on this journey, you know, and you're leaving home. You're leaving what it says the only home you've ever known, you know, and when you when you leave home for the first time. Yeah, it can be trippy. It can be scary because it's like, am I ever am I ever coming back? You know what I mean? Some people leave home and say, fuck that place. I'm never going back, you know, and some people long for the day where they can go back you know so i guess it just depends on the type of person you are i guess that's a it's probably more relatable to small town people than it is for bigger city people maybe oh yeah oh yeah i would i would say so absolutely you know i mean you you know you grow you grow up your whole life in fucking lewenbach texas next thing you know you're chilling out in miami yeah where do you where would you rather live you know but you're like, ah, I still miss, you know, Texas, you know, you know, that's like, no matter where I go, you know, Chattanooga's my home, you know, no matter where Chip goes, Galveston has, is his home, you know, Raj, no matter where you go, 
you know, the Bronx is your home. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, we all have that one special place that we call home. No matter where we go in this world, you always go back home. You know, for the most part, you go back home. Or you'll at least remember the, the you know, the best of times, you know, and stuff like that, you know. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Hard times, daddy. Hard times. <laughs> I'll tell you something about hard times, daddy. Hard times, daddy, when a computer took your job. But yeah. But yeah, this moment was like just just right in the feels. Just, you know, feelings, 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 you know, and it just it it didn't like take your feelings out your chest and just stomp them in front of you. It was more of a like, uh, okay, well, in order for this in order for us to stop the bad guy, this has to happen, you know. And then you take Link on the adventure, you know? I mean, not only that is literally the the uh Last time you see the only person that ever treated you like one of them. Right. And, I mean, obviously loved you, and we don't know, like, obviously what sense that she loved him um, more than just a friend or just as, like, a brother or whatever. But, no, she cared about him so much that she gave her her only thing of value to him to help him on his journey to always be by his side, technically, in a sense. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's a lot that happens in just this, that little moment alone. I mean, yes, you're leaving your only home. You're heading out to a new adventure uh, with a new companion, your, your fairy that you just met. You just lost your guardian figure. You may be losing your best friend. They give you something to always have and to always guide you sort of kind of thing. I mean, there's just right. a lot. And even as a kid's game, man, this is, you're playing it as a kid, like, God, this is dark as hell. It's like, it's, it was almost as if Nintendo said, we don't give a fuck about your feeling. Here's, you know, you know, dr- here's, here's, here's trauma. Like, right, like year one, like just here's, here's some, sometimes life sucks. And this is one of the examples of it, you know? I, I think it's more of them looking at it like, the kids that played Zelda begin with have grown and this is more towards them, but obviously still in a kid game. But it, I mean, it, it, like I said, it teaches you about life. It teaches you about important parts of your life and maybe like a sort of a, uh, subliminal like way of showing you, Hey, you know, this is how life is, but you know, it's not always a bad thing. And even though bad things happen kind of stuff, very therapeutic in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this game, uh, this game, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess are very dark games, and have very mostly dark meaning as subject and stuff like that. But it still got its happy summer moments and still has a positive overall meaning. Right. Yeah, I think Twilight Princess was probably the darkest of the series. Oh yeah, for sure. It's all about death, and because you literally go into the spirit world. I mean, it's all about yeah. death and grief, and just. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful game, though. It's still a beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. According, I, I found the list on the it's NintendoDeconstructed.com. How the hell you get these URL names? Um, but it talked about the. Uh, the the top three darkest Zelda games, 
Uh, number three was uh, Ocarina of Time. Number f- number two was Majora's Mask, and number one was Twilight Princess. Yeah, that I mean, sense. it really is a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like what you said, you end up going into the spirit world. I mean, is there, there's just so much in that one alone. Um, tons of death, tons of loss. Uh, obviously, going into the spirit world back and forth. Uh, your companion not knowing who they really are kind of thing. I mean... Right. Right. Let's... uh, Okay, so from that one, we move on to the very next one on the list. And this is meeting Ganondorf in person. After collecting all three spiritual stones, Child Link returns to Hyrule Castle, excited to inform Princess Zelda of his triumph. However... As he moves closer to Hyrule Castle Town entrance, something is clearly off. The sky is dark, the torches are lit, and the drawbridge is up. Suddenly, Princess Zelda and Impa come racing out of the drawbridge on horse. With wide eyes, Zelda looks at Link and tosses an item, the royal family's legendary Ocarina of Time, into the castle's moat. As the princess and her caretaker speed away, Link finally sees him up close and personal for the very first time. Ganondorf, a villain with superpowers that young Link can only imagine at this point in the video game. This critical scene echoes Link's nightmare and foreshadows the dark world Link will encounter after finding the Master Sword and aging seven years. Everything up to this point in the game has been mere child's play. Adult Link's trials are only just beginning. Yeah. Thoughts, gentlemen? I mean, like like I said, it had that dreams foreshadowed a moment or anything, so you knew it was supposed to happen when you met Dark Lord. Um, right. But, but if, if you, I'm, I'm sorry, ahead. I mean to cut you off. Oh, but, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Is it is it one of them things where it's like okay you dream it, like it's like you dream something, and then you see it. It's like you're seeing what's happening in front of you, and it's like you know I know I've dreamt this. Deja vu. Something similar to that, but it's like I dreamt this, but it still doesn't seem real, even though it is real in front of me. Does that make? I I don't know any other way to describe it. Um. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're having that that literal deja vu moment, but you're like, I dreamt this, so this can't be reality, or it's the blend of reality and... Right, yeah, the mind has trouble differentiating between what's real and what's not at that point. That's why deja vu always puts us in, like, a weird shock kind of moment thing. I don't know, I've heard, I've heard conspiracy theories about deja vus, uh... Uh, well, the, well, the one, the main one that I hear is that anytime you experience anything of deja vu, it's something that you've remembered in your past life. But I mean, dreams don't have a basis in reality, so it's kind of hard to just say yeah or no. Right? I, I, I yeah, that's why I was like, eh. what do you think, Chip? Um, this about moment, deja vu, or this moment? <laughs> this moment. <laughs> Anyone you want to answer? Anyone uh, you want to answer? Uh, no this this is um th- this is kind of the surreal moment of the game where it really picks up like 
everything leading up to this point is like you're still a child you're trying to figure your way uh and stuff like that but but at this point you meet the the villain of the game and he pretty much just murders you right there on the spot <laughs> and then you wake up seven years later you know it's it's very surreal yeah it doesn't murder you there on the spot he just leaves with the princess right could you advance time when you get the sword out of the cat out of your stand right and Which then, is weird that time sorry it's weird that time changes around you when you do that but you're in the same spot, so everything around you changed, but you... I mean, you aged, but, like, no destruction was around you? Yeah. Right. And even even, even for Nintendo 64 graphics, I mean, the horse looked pretty badass, I think. Ganondorf's oh, horse looked pretty badass, I, I mean, thought. these were tremendous graphics for the time. Right. I mean, I still think they're good, so. But that horse did look dope as shit, didn't it? I mean, it ain't no opponent, but yeah. Well, of course, but I mean, <laughs> still. Just say yes and move on. You ain't got to be a stickler. <laughs> Just say yes and move on. <laughs> All right, who's got the next one? Is it you, Chip? Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I think it is. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about seeing Hyrule Castle Town after seven years. So the first time Link visits Hyrule Castle in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the town is bustling with spirited vendors, fast-paced music, and a crowd of quirky residents. Many of the unique villagers offer Link side quests that result in life hearts or other useful items this all fades away though after link ages seven years and exits the temple of time into the castle town for the first time hyrule castle town is now a dark desolate place filled with nothing but shrieking zombies aka redeads uh the original residents fled to kokori Kakariko village and left Princess Zelda's former home a wasteland. Few other scenes in the game showcase Ganondorf's cruelty and the dark fate awaiting Hyrule if Link fails his mission more than this particular moment. Thoughts, gentlemen? I mean, this is when the game gets to that true, holy shit, this is not a kid's game moment, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's that moment where you're like, what, what, this just went from like a fantasy game to a quasi-fantasy horror game in a, in a, in a weird sense. Not full-fledged horror, but I mean, it's definitely more, it's where it finally makes its dark turn. Like there, there, there were some dark moments here and there, but this is when it went full fledged dark. Uh, yeah, I mean, you literally go from the happy musical 
gorgeous town, and then it goes to a literal decrepit, dark, haunted ghost town. I mean, it, it's the full drastic change. That's one thing about villains I don't ever understand. Why do they want everything to be shitty? I know, right? Like, I'm going to destroy the world. Okay, where are you going to live? Exactly. I mean... I'm going to destroy everything in the galaxy. Why? What does that What does that do for you? Where are you going to be at? Like, what is your end game here? Like, shitty Thanos and his stupid movie motive. <laughs> I still hate that shit. I'm going to split everything in half. I'm going to literally drop everything in half instead of make infinite resources because I'm a fucking dumbass. What movie? Resources are going away. Huh? What? What what are you talking about? And uh, the Thanos motive in the Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe doesn't make any sense. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Obviously, in uh, the comics, it makes sense because he's doing it for the because of Lady Death, his love for her, and also the fact that he's under control of her. Uh, but in the movies, it makes no sense. Why would you? If your biggest issue is that the resources are finite and getting wasted by people, or just general population why not make fucking infinite resources because that would be too smart yeah exactly you just just think of all he has to say is like i want to kill half the population of the whole galaxy or the whole universe cool no oh my 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 home planet got destroyed because we wasted his resources so instead of me wishing it back with infinite resources or making everything infinite resources let me just fucking kill half the population okay what a dick that's why I don't think if any war and game are that great because it makes no sense for the motive the action is good the action is good um but I I still wholeheartedly believe that Black Panther is the greatest uh MCU movie made so far oh yes that was my number one Oh yeah, but, definitely up there. But people also disagree with my the fact that I think the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are amazing, and no, the second one is better than the first one. They are. And I no, people's like the they're, 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 people are like no, it's not that good. It's like fucking watch it again. Fucking learn to understand shit. <laughs> no, it's not that as good as I remember it, and you don't remember it right. They're fucking <laughs> everybody develops so well in those movies, and the fact that Star Lord has to go through. Literally losing everyone he ever loved in two movies. I mean, you can't tell people stuff. Yeah. It's just my it's my 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 things was being a being a movie guy. Unfortunately, you you try to make things logically make sense, even in logical stuff. Right. Well, let's move on to uh, Zelda. The next one. Yeah, you got it, Bubba. Uh, so the next one is winning Epona, which is awesome. So the moment Link jumps defensive Lalon Ranch after winning Epona in a race is still as satisfying as beating any dungeon boss. After aging seven years, Link is challenged to a horse race by Ingo, uh, the Gandorf appointed caretaker of Lalon Ranch. The race itself can be quite challenging. It doesn't help that Link has to defeat Ingo twice in a row before winning his horse. Um, 
Once victorious, though, Link liberates both Epona and the Wretched Sofa and goes dastardly rule, which opens the way for red-headed Milan and her father, I said Milan, uh, Malin and her father Talon to take uh, take up their rightful place as owners. Riding through Hyrule Field on Epona's back gives Link freedom to travel faster and gives a beloved animal companion her rightful place in the spotlight. The greatest horse ever. <laughs> That's when I was like, hey, mama, I'm in this game. <laughs> Look, mom, there's my name right there. You know, so. Sorry, I'm a nerd like that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> All good. No, I mean, it's, it's not every day you get to see yourself in a, in a well, Zelda my, game. Well, that's the thing. Like, my name is so unique, like, to, to see it somewhere. Like, like, cool. You know, like, there's another talent somewhere in a comic book or in a video game or you know it, it's just it, it's it, it's interesting comic book. you know yeah yeah i know yeah i know, yeah, I know. That, but that's what i'm talking about seeing it in a comic book and in a video game it, it, it's trippy you know uh what was the name what was the, what was the comic book is court of vows court of vows yeah court of vows that's what we're talking about yeah yeah, still haven't found it. Still haven't looked into it yet, but I need to. Uh, there's a movie. Do you have HBO Max? Yeah. You should be able to see the DC stuff there. There should be, uh, I think it's Batman Corvallis or something like that. I, I think I is, it an, is it is it animated? Yeah, it's an animated okay. one. Okay. And it's okay. almost it's almost a pure adaptation. Excuse me. Okay, I'll check it. I'll check it out. But yeah, yeah. Epon is the greatest horse ever. <laughs> oh yeah, Epon definitely. Yeah. That's why I, I get so fucking tilted that you have to win her back in Majora's Mask. Yeah. Like after that thing I've been through with this motherfucker. Right. And the fact you had to beat Ingo twice in a row to even win the damn thing to begin with would let you know how, you know, pro, uh, how valuable that horse was, you know. It was also the fact that it was a, technically a wild stallion because it wasn't tamed by anybody except for Link. Right. Which obviously gives it more of a value that way. Yes, absolutely. But uh, I guess we can move on to the well, next well, one. Well, well, hang on. Before we move on to the next one, uh, it showed another, like, you know how sometimes, like, when, you, when you're looking at it, it will show, like, a list within the list or a, 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 a an, an annotation of the, uh, of the, uh, of another list. Epona, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Epona is the number two best horse in video games history. They're going to say Red Dead Redemption, probably. Every horse from Red Dead Redemption 2. See, fucking shut up, games. <laughs> Epona literally chose you. Right? To be his only, not owner, I'm not going to say owner because I mean your companions. Like, so stupid. Right. So, but yeah, that being said, we can move on to the next one. The next one is using the Master Sword to grow up. The Master Sword is easily recognized is an easily recognizable weapon and often shows up at some of the most important pivotal moments in Ocarina of Time. Link first encounters the Master Sword in the Temple of Time as a child. After pulling the sword from the pedestal. Link transforms him, transports himself seven years into the future. 
This sequence marks a fundamental shift in the Aquina of Time narrative. A change some players argue is when the real game truly begins. In some ways, it isn't hard to see how Link's adventure um, retrieving the three spiritual stones represented a sort of extended prologue up to this point in the game. Regardless, Link's look of shock after registering his sudden aging and realizing that seven years of his life have just been effectively erased is an iconic moment in the Ocarina of Time and Legend of Zelda series as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts? No, I mean, it, it, like like I said, it, it's, it's the moment right before you walk out and you see the destroyed town and realize everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, you realize, holy shit, seven years have passed. Like, like could you imagine going to sleep, waking up, and it's been seven years? Like, I mean, I know what happens to people in comas and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's just another element of the game uh, essentially giving the meaning of growing up and, you know, everything's changed around you in your time of growth. And maybe maybe it's also a metaphor from, you know, man, people grow up so fast. Your kid, children grow up so fast. Yeah, you know? especially in hardships. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, what, I, I know it, it, you grow up quick when you grow up poor, I think is, is a lyric I heard once. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you grow up quick when you go through certain shit, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, like, that's the, one of the big meanings of the games to begin with. Right. Chip? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Right. So I guess on to the uh, last one, Chip. Well, before we get into that oh, one, let me ask okay, one more okay. quick question. Is this moment the realization, is this realization... Is it the most iconic moment in the in the uh, Legend of Zelda series, or is there moments that are bet bigger than this, or bet or more iconic uh, than this? Like uh, what the number one is? You mean? Well, I haven't seen. I have. I haven't. I haven't looked at this list. I don't know what number one is. I haven't scrolled down far enough. Oh, so that's why I was wondering. Well, this is just the, the this is just the uh, the memorable moments in Ocarina of Time. But they specifically said in this annotation that, you know, seven years of his life being effectively erased is an iconic moment of Ocarina of Time and of the Legend of Zelda series as a whole. So it is an iconic moment, but I don't know if like it would be hard. It's definitely the most iconic one. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you what the most iconic one is right off the top of my head because there have been so many through the series. Um, right. But. Well, well, we'll find yeah. the list and we'll do another, uh, do another Zelda episode. Uh, I mean, it, it really is hard to say what the most iconic moment would be from every single game. I mean, that would be. I mean, that take a lot of time and research. Yeah, the handhelds, I'm sure somebody does. CDIs, games that nobody cared about. Mm. 
we we are not counting those games, Roger. <laughs> I had to play them so they count, damn it. No, no. You didn't have to play them. I mean, you yes, chose to play them. No, you didn't. You, you I chose. did have to play them. They came with a CDI. <laughs> I'm going to put your ass in timeout. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Only after you play those CDI games. <laughs> I, I'm not buying a CDI <laughs> just to play those games. They did have a cool uh, a fight simulator, like a dogfighting one. I can't remember the name of it either. I really? had the CDI like, for probably like a fucking a month. It was bad. That was the best so, game. So on you there. got to play so as Mike Vick. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no! Actually, uh, Rom- he didn't do it. His his cousin did it. Yeah, Ron Mexico. Yeah, uh, that's, that's who you play. <laughs> or Mike Mexico. <laughs> Mike Mexico. Ron Mexico just went and got tested. Right. He didn't do no dog fighting. Right. He got tested for his herpilitis or whatever it's called. Let's move on. (laughs) All right. The last one. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to number one. Yeah. I'll say before we get to number one, what is what is um to remember moments from the game that isn't been on the list so far? I mean, I, I've already scored down to see what number one is. I, I don't know if you guys have or not. I I have. Just because it was next Callan, up have you for me. See what number one is. I haven't. I haven't scrolled down yet. Well, scroll down and then we can see what the number one is for us. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead, Chip. You're not going to answer. Well, Roger's I, that's what I'm asking. What I remember. <laughs> <laughs> what are other memorable moments that were not on the list? Cause I've got a couple. Uh, oh, go ahead and give your couple. I mean, just meeting the Zora in general. I mean, fish people. <laughs> fish people, yep. I mean, that's what they are. They're fish people. It's pretty cool. Um, right. Finding out uh, Saria became a sage of the forest. Yeah, one of the seven sages, yeah. Um, that you're part of a lineage of the Hero of Time. That you're not the original Link. Um, you're just, you know, his reiteration and he saw however many often years it was between any male uh, Gerudo is born, which is Ganondorf, like all that stuff. Uh, right. I'm trying to think of more. There's, there's so many more of that. Um Going to the windmill for the first time and learning the Song of Storms. Uh, yeah. The graveyard challenge to get the fucking hook shot. Um, what about the, the Daruni dance? The Daruni dance, the Daruni dance. Uh, in Goron City. What was the Daruni dance? It's in... Uh, in uh, Goron City, I'm trying to, I don't, I don't like. Bomb. I'm trying to remember it. The dance. I don't remember the dance though. Yeah, that's the only thing uh, I remember from that one is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's uh, where you learn Saria's song. Yes, no. 
because you do I'm, the dance over sorry. I'm trying to remember. Like I, I know. What, what what about the moment where you defeat Gandorf, and then he emerges from the rubble and he transforms into Ganon? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I mean, that was the moment. It's like you thought you beat him, and it's like, oh shit, you know. That moment, but he reminded uses the Triforce power and ends up knocking, you know, the Master Sword out of Link's hand. Yeah, that moment reminded me of uh, Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze when Super Shredder comes out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a Super Shredder, <laughs> aka Kevin Nash in a mask. Hey, don't okay, I looked him. it up. I remember what you're talking about now. Because okay. I was like, where you learn, you learn Saria's song by going back and learning it from her, and then you go talk to, yeah, I was like, I was thinking, like, man, did I skip something? But not, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, for that moment, yeah, that was a good moment. Um, shit, what else is there? Um, I don't know, they're, 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 those are the ones that, like, immediately pop off my, uh, my head, those few moments there. Uh, you obviously meeting, fighting Ganon, Dwarf, and getting Ganon. Uh, going to, uh, I'm trying to think if I'm not mixing them up. Where you go to Gerudo Valley, and it's a pirate ship, correct? Is that this one, or is that? Yeah, because oh, the behind on them. Yeah, so yeah, okay. it's like learning. There's literally a land of just pirate women, and they had. I believe it's this one. Um, uh, nope, that might be. That actually might be. Shoot, I may. I might be mixing them up. Uh, the Grudel Valley. No, it is that one because it's that big giant stone temple, and you fight the pirate girls. Okay, uh, yeah. The four is the go- four is the uh, fortress. I, yeah. Okay, I remember Whoa. now. I was tripping for a second. Well, because you were there's so the much shit out of me. That, I was like, "What the hell, man?" Well, there's so yeah, much that overlaps between Ocarina. They obviously took stuff from this. Well, that's the whole th- that's the whole thing about Majora's Mask is, yeah, the thing about Majora's Mask is you don't know if it was a conceptual dream or if it was a reality thing because so much of it. So many of the people from Ocarina are in it, and it's just so. It's so. That's why it's so trippy. But yeah, right. uh, yeah, you go there, you meet the dude. Yeah, because that's the Gerudo Fortress is where you do the uh, archery range to get the gold skull to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oof! I was tripping there for a second, but no. Um. So I guess we can go on and get the last one on the list. Yes. Go ahead, Chip. Well, uh, w- one more I- iconic moment uh, that I've, I've kind of been holding on to because I thought Roger would would say that. But uh, what about when uh, Sheik reveals her true identity for the first time? Yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't say that. I thought I did. I was going to be, you know, it's, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, holy crap. Also learning the the song from her, the, yep. uh, 
the ballad of shit what is it man i really can't remember all the name of the songs anymore i gotta step my game up yeah i don't remember it either but i, I know what you're talking about it's it's been uh a while since i played this game i need to go back and play it it's definitely I probably been... will now <laughs> It's definitely been at least eight or nine years since I've played it. Probably should do a playthrough of it just for myself in general. Right. Right. Also, meeting the owl as your mentor or your guider, not your guider, your uh, guidance overall. Well, yeah, he's kind of coupled with Navi. They're both annoying. I don't think he's annoying because he comes in and just gives you like that little wise philosophy kind of thing that you have to think about and then just fucks off and Navi is just always with you I can see that alright well if we don't have any other moments that haven't been listed let's go on to the number one most memorable moment of Ocarina of Time and that's stepping onto Hyrule Field for the very first time. So beyond all the other moments in this game, the first time Link steps onto Hyrule Field from the shadows of Kokiri Forest it marked a life-changing moment for both the character and the gaming community. Staring out at the vast horizon of Hyrule's four shadows or of Hyrule Foreshadows locations important to the game's narrative arc, including Death Mountain, Lon Lon Ranch, Hyrule Castle, King, Zordo, King Zora's Domain, and Lake uh, Helia. This moment, beyond all others, evokes a feeling of pure excitement, a moment meant for cracking your knuckles, settling in, and gearing up for the epic adventure that awaits you. When it comes to replaying the Ocarina of Time over and over again, it's surprising how that feeling never really goes away. Yeah, because this was the first Zelda game that incorporated the 3D. It was the first 3D Zelda game. Um, So it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, up, down, left, right, you know, like like, like the previous ones have been. You can move every direction you want. It's free range, open space. Um, you know, and not to say, I mean, Mario also did the same thing as well. Um, but I think they took what Mario, Super Mario 64 was, and they made it better for this particular game, I think. What, 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 do, you, what do you feel, Raj? Uh, no, I mean, it, just that moment of when you do step out there and you, and it does do the big zoom and you see everything and how massive it is <laughs> massive, but also how many, how much is happening at the same time. Cause remember when you're starting to walk, it like it turns from night to day to night and everything like that. Right. Uh, different enemies during the day than the night. And it, it's just, there's just so much with it. And I don't know. It's just, was it overwhelming at any point? Like you the see, first like time. yeah, that's what I'm saying. The first time you see it, you like, 
oh shit, there's a lot of things I got to do, you know, because it isn't just the main missions that you do. You also do the side quest to get items and hearts and things of that nature, you know, so yeah, it, it is one of those, it's, it's an oh shit moment for sure. Uh, what would you say, Chip? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's that first time I, it's, you know, a little overwhelming because you're like, oh damn, like all of this I have to explore, you know, and then, you know, for me, it it was like, man, we need some fast travel or something. And then you get Epona and it's like, all right, this is more like it. (laughs) <laughs> right. Not only that, I mean, just when you're exploring, you get to a part where you can't move on. And you're like, "What the fuck's going on?" You get you don't understand, like, it, and you have to remember, "Oh, we have to go unlock something else to get this, maybe, or who knows?" It's just one of those things where you're just right. like, "Man, this is this is a lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any final thoughts about the game Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time from all the ones? Uh, maybe a better question is this. We talked about the, the ones. Do you think that this list got it right in the order of moments? Uh, I, 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 think, I think there's some moments that should have been on that weren't. Okay. Uh, I already gave my honorable mention ones. But yeah, uh, Sheik revealing herself definitely should have been up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge moment Ganon. in the game. Yeah, yeah. and Ganon, Dwarf turning into Ganon, like you said, definitely should have been up there, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's nothing too, like, bad or anything like that at all. It's just, like, there should have been a couple more moments. Right, right. Uh, Chip, are you okay with the list, Chip? I I mean, well, just the ones that Roger just said, you know, uh, Sheik revealing herself. That's a huge moment in the game. And right. I I don't know how it's not on the list, but, you know, it's it's crazy to think. And then, you know, defeating Ganondorf and thinking he's done uh, only to have him come back as Ganon and everything like that's that's huge. As a big old pig, man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What the hell? But, but yeah, I mean, again, man, I I, I can't say, I mean, I can't, we can't gush about this game, you know, much more than we already have. It's just an amazing game. And this game across the board, uh, GameRankers.com rated this a 98%. Metacritic gave it a 99 out of 100. Edge gave it a 10 out of 10. EGM, 10 out of 10. Uh, Game Pro, 5 stars. GameSpot, 10 star, uh, ten out of 10. IGN, 10 out of 10. Next Generation Gaming, uh, 5 stars. Nintendo Power, 9.5 out of 10. RP Gamer, 5 out of 5. It won the 1998-1999 Game of the Year Awards from, S, from, uh, from the CEAS Award, the Edge Award, the EMG Award Game, Gaming Awards, um, GameSpot Awards, Active uh, Achievement Award, Japan Media Art Festival Award, the MMCA Award, and the VSDA Award. 
and it was considered by uh, Computer and Video Games, Edge, Entertainment Weekly, Game Trailers, IGN, Metacritic, Next Generation, Nintendo Power, Game Stats, Game uh, Frequently Asked Questions, uh, Gaming Bolt, Video Gamer, Game Informer, Slant, FHM, Joystick, and Paligon as the greatest video game of all time. I mean, high praise and... If you've never, to anybody listening to this, if you've never played the Legend of Zelda game, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, it's one of those games, I mean, it's for kids, it teaches you some things, It, it there, are, there are parts where it just pulls your feelings out of your chest and throws them on the floor and stomps them in front of you like, do you like this motherfucker cry more? Um, not, not to that extent, but still. You know, it does... It, it fucks with you in a way because it's like, man, for a kid's game, this is dark as shit, you know. But through the game and then you learn the story and things of that nature. And games do get better also. Like, I mean, yeah, Majora's Mask is up there as well as, as a great Zelda game. Uh, Breath of the Wild's up there. Um, or Wind Waker, I'm sorry. Wind Waker's up there. I haven't played Breath of the Wild. Um, Wind Waker's very underrated. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so... This game is also considered one of the biggest and most influential video games of all time. Um, it said it held at an IGN tournament style competition back in May of 2011, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the original Legend of Zelda game. Fans voted, and in the final round of that voting, they were ranking all of the uh, the the Legend of Zelda games. And the two games that it came down to was Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And Ocarina of Time won, beat out Majora's Mask by like 52 to 48. Like that percentage, 52% to 48%. So it was still close between them two as to which game was the best game of the series. Which I think, I mean, you would probably say those two were the best two games of the series. I know Rogers leans more toward Majora's Mask than than we do, um, but I mean that that from Ocarina on on console at least because there there are a few uh, handhelds that are really good too that don't get as much yeah. credit. Um, like Spirit Tracks, like well, Link's Link's Awakening, that one's good, but uh, Spirit Tracks is really good. Phantom Hourglass, um, Oracles is. Uh, Oracle Seasons, yeah. Uh, Aegis, I mean. Um, well, there's... There, there, those are really both, good, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm saying, like, I was trying to remember, like, which one is which, but, it, like, because there's... I can't remember what the difference between each one is. I know you do a story... It, it's weird. I had both of them, so I couldn't remember it either way. Uh, um, but... No, there's... Um, a few of those on the handles are really good that don't get recognition, but on the, the consoles from Ocarina, Majora, Wind Waker, um, shit, Twilight Skyward Princess, Sword. Skywars. I couldn't do Skyward Sword because it was on the, I had it on the Wii and you had to use it fucking Wii sticks only. I, uh, I bought the, the Skyward Sword HD remake for the Switch, uh, because I, I probably didn't should play have. it. I didn't play it on the, what was it the Wii or Wii U? Um the Wii, yeah. Yeah. I, the I, Wii. Didn't, I didn't play it on there. Uh because I just I, the Wii, yeah. It was annoying. 
yeah i just i i wasn't a fan of the the sticks and stuff um so it just made that game so annoying mm-hmm. but i probably should have done that But no, uh, those those are games. But yeah, majority. Uh, I will always think majority. This one I spent the most time on, and I know more by heart. Uh, Ocarina, I, I do love, I do cherish, but I just think Majora took that next step, and it has a more of a uh, what's what I'm looking for. Uh, it's more mature because of the the story it has to begin with. Also, right, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you enjoyed us talking, fanboying uh, over uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. What are some of your favorite moments in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? Let us know um, in the comments. Let us know in uh, wherever you want to, like, send us, you know, send us an email, you know, however you want to do it. You know how the kids do these days. Um, That being said, Again, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here this evening? Um, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. And who's sponsoring us tonight, Raj? Uh, Legend of Zelda. No, um, <laughs> I wish. Hey, hey, Nintendo, uh, yeah, Nintendo. Hey, Nintendo is sponsored their own games. You know when it sponsors people. <laughs> Assholes. Um, the vitriol. No, I mean he's not. They don't support Super Smash Bros. The game that literally keeps them going. I mean, yeah, the composer just fucking died too today. So yeah, yeah. rest in peace. Man made some fucking great music. Um, but no, as always, we are sponsored by uh, Gear Anime www.gearanime.com forward slash Movement Radio, and at checkout use promo code Move Radio M O V E R A. D-I-O, um, get free shipping. Also, shout-outs to Audible. Thank you for sponsoring us. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio. Get 30-day free trial of Audible and a free audiobook. And if you have Prime, you get two audiobooks. And you guys can probably get the Legend of Zelda comics on there. Those are really good and underrated, too. The, the, uh, the mangas are good, too. Yeah. Um, and then obviously shout outs to, uh, the, the thing we've been, I've been using a lot here recently is Canva for our, uh, thumbnails on YouTube, but what, what, sorry, uh, gearanime.com has these sweet ass legend of Zelda sneakers. Mm. Yeah, they do get you some, um, but yeah, shout out to Canva. Go to www.partners.canva.com forward slash movement radio. Um, go over there, design some stuff, business cards, banners, uh, Facebook stories, Instagram reels, YouTube thumbnails, um, just anything and everything you guys can think of is on there. So go ahead and do that. Uh, as always, thank you guys for sponsoring us. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much uh, for the sponsorships. Shout out to all of our friends who've been down with us since day one. Shout out to all of our friends who are in this endeavor with us. 
Sean Thompson with Thompson Personal Training, Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations Podcast, Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon, all the big homies over at These Ninjas Podcast, Sean Miller with Should I Watch That, Damon Smith with Cover 2 Sports, shout out to Rocky Spurlock, this upcoming uh I, nah, I don't know when this episode is going to drop, but <laughs> nah, I, 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 was, I was thinking to myself, when's this episode going to drop? Uh, fuck it. <laughs> August 13th, Camp Jordan Arena, Eastridge, Tennessee, FarleyCon 2022. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We had Rocky on the show um, just recently talking about FarleyCon. It's going to be a pretty cool show. Hope you guys come out. You know, if you love comic books, if you love you know, all sorts of different stuff, you know, and we got a lot of great artists there. Um, a lot of great people. Uh, Larry Hama is going to be there. Kyle Phillips from my hero academia is going to be there. Mike Grail, Ron Simmons, Lex Luger, Patricia Pats, uh, Robert and Sean Lamb, Jason Flowers, Don Jolly, John Anderson, Matthew Ashley, uh, Alex Orgel and, uh, Andy, uh, Dugan and Dimitri Walker, you know, and that that's the names that are there. We're gonna be in the house also. Come by the booth, check us out. Um, you know, we, we always, you know, want to shake hands and meet and greet with people, you know. Um it, it, we're looking forward to it. It's it's really it's like the first big event that we've done um since starting the podcast. Um and you know, of course, everybody knows next month, you know, is uh, it will be uh, our three-year anniversary. we got to figure out something to do for the three-year anniversary show. Uh, but we'll figure something out like we always do, or we'll just wing it like, you know, we always do. <laughs> that being said, thank is you. Three guys. years or fourth year? It, it's well, it'll be year. three. It'll be, yeah, it, it's going into three years, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I thought it was fourth for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the start of the four. Yeah. It'll yeah, it's the start of the fourth year. It's just it, it's three years total, but it's the start of the fourth year. Yeah, because we started in nineteen. Yeah, I thought we started in eighteen. You guys started in eighteen. I don't know why. August. It was August. Uh, August eighteenth, nineteen. Uh, nineteen. Holy fuck. <laughs> nineteen. Yeah, it was nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Oh man. 2019. Oh, man. <laughs> I said nineteen. I meant twenty nineteen, but I just said nineteen. <laughs> I stopped at nineteen, so at least I said nineteen. Shit. True. <laughs> so, Bro, I, I technically was wasn't 19. wrong. I, I, I thought she was going to say 1919. I was, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> 19, old asses. <laughs> Back in my day, the Cubs were good. Anyway, so. Back in my means... day, we drank from the good water fountain. <laughs> the water hose. We didn't, allow the other, we didn't let the other ones drink from it and taint it up like our neighborhood. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. For... <laughs> Roger's going to hell in every religion for that. Uh, so we'll just, I don't know. So, but no, also real shit, man. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, people, for being patient with us for this transitional period that we're going through right now with you know moving host sites and things of that nature. But you know, we still got listens. We still got. Uh, we're getting new listens every day. We're getting new people, you know, tuning into the podcast and um, people are still uh, accepting invites to the movement radio fan page on Facebook. Just we're trying to grow this thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I said, we, we say it every single week on the show and it bears repeating because it's the truth. We appreciate you guys so much. We love you guys. We thank you so much 
for all the love and support that you guys have been giving us. And let's not stop. Let's keep this some bitch rolling and let's see how far we can take it. And hopefully we can take it a very, very long way. That being said, thank you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you follow us on all of our, I'm sorry, make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.